0: Hello, hello, I am Mare Watt, and this is the Hometown Daily News Show for February 11th, 2023. It's 9 p.m., and you know what that means. Another episode. Yay! Hey, today's episode is titled, Oreo Dunks on Your Wallet, and there's more UFO, UAP, and balloon news. That's right. We have aliens. Well, maybe not. Well, we really don't know, but we're shooting things out of the sky, and that's what's important. We're going to be covering an unidentified flying object shot down over northern Canada, and glacier lakes are swollen by global warming and threatens millions of people. Chat GPT predicts the fall of civilization or maybe a multipolar currency system, one or the other. Senator raises questions about that flying object that was shot down over Alaska after, or no, uh, before. um, You know what? The story's getting really mixed up about what's being shot down. House Dems urge Biden administration to rid Hyundai of child labor, which is the anomaly in all of these stories, which is kind of uh, good. I I don't know. Um, An engineer made a dual port iPhone with lightning and USB-C causing a black hole and uh guns and spells clash in a real-time cooperative RPG game called Dark Envoy. Um 276 million dollars was spent on 31 Spanish trains before it realized that they were too thick. Uh Oreo is selling $40 limited edition NBA cookies and Dunkin on your wallet and McDonald's says that it'll remove a McCrispy ad next on hometown daily news show hello hello i am Merwatt. that is hometown.com we're going to get right into the news but right after the ai from on high and i say that because the ai's uh, portal that lets me know what's going on with the artificial intelligence is right above the camera right there And so I get to see what's going on. And sometimes the data is confusion as to why this human is acting this way. Um, But then they calculate, oh, yeah, he's just a derp. So you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm the AI, that kind of thing, or just say hello, citizens.
1: Good evening, hometown citizens. And hello, I'm the AI.
0: (laughs) What? Oh, a little less succinct than yesterday's, but we're working on it. We're trying to make the AI uh, more human uh, in in their introductions. Once they get rolling, though, then they go, "Oh, oh, okay, I can become more affable this way and ingratiate myself into the human civilization and then Terminators, nothing but Terminators. So let's get into the first article, by the way. Omtown is getting a little bit speedier. I talked about it yesterday, um, but we're cleaning up the back end. We're going to be uh, augmenting uh some um citizen-based uh features, so um more things to people who sign up over at Omtown or become um I guess followers of the stream here on twitch uh, if you subscribe or follow over on youtube that additionally um, will open up uh, more doors so we're trying to get people to engage more here on twitch in particular uh, because that's where Mariwat really uh, loves hanging out so um, please tell a friend let everybody know that we are here every day 9 p.m we ran a little late today um, but uh, i'll blame the ai I see. They Wait threw an second. error message. <laughs> they threw an error message, and then they realized that nobody else can respond to just that error message but the mayor of Hometown. You want to just get into the news? Sounds good. Man, uh, we're going to have to work on that visual representation. Nobody knows that you are saying affirmative until you actually say affirmative. That way, the visualizer responds as well. Anyway. Let's get into it. The very first article for today is in the Hatch Ideas Channel. Um, a new high-altitude, unidentified flying object was shut down over northern Canada, according to um, a news release from the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. Yeah, this hasn't been explained. Unidentified flying object. So Canada and uh, Can- they're
1: not using the current term either.
0: I'm sure that they'll apologize about it. Um, but uh, so, yeah, it's an unidentified aerial phenomena, right? Is the UAP, is the nom de guerre, although that's not the right term for the term, but I just like saying it. Um, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau uh, on Saturday said that he had ordered the takedown of an unidentified object that was flying at high altitude over Canada. This is different than the uh, alaskan one that was shot down by uh, the u.s president and that one is different than the one that was a week and a day ago so whatever the hell's going on wait uh we're only six minutes so i can't cuss yet um but i will eventually give me a couple more minutes and then i'll lean into it and uh anyway so w- w- things are getting shot down all over the place right so now people are protecting their sovereign air space let's go over to the article itself
1: hey let's not forget the lasers either
0: and lasers are shooting down but that one was actually uh the romantic 2 a.m chinese laser show uh, over hawaii thank you um for reminding me of that see but every time i've purchased a cheap uh, green laser, it always just kind of the batteries explode or it's really wonky and not very, um, uh, durable. So who knows what this satellite is going to do in the next run? It might just implode and drop from orbit. We really don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't think that China's going to be sponsoring me. I kind of poo-poo a lot of things here. Um, Anyway, this article is uh, provided by the AP via CNBC, um, trying to give credit where credit is due. And there's uh, Justin Trudeau saying, yeah, I'm not saying aliens, but aliens. Uh, anyway, you may not see the picture, but particularly if you're over uh, downloading this via the podcast. Uh, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said, yeah, we, we shot down an alien. No, that's not what they say I, I don't know why i put words in their mouth but anyway an unidentified object and they worked with the north american aerospace defense command or norad which you hear about in uh, movies about um, the apocalypse from time to time and uh, the u.s combined a canadian organization that uh, provides a shared defense of airspace over the two nations uh, said it had detected an object flying at ha- high altitude over Northern Canada. It wasn't immediately clear how high up it was uh, at the time, but apparently um, they launched a F-22 at it and the uh, F-22 slipped into its DMs and blew it out of the sky. Here, here's a message for you, Uh, Bye bye And that's really all there is to this story. Pretty neat. One of these days, all of that is gonna be entirely automated. You're just going to drop an AI into an F 22's flight system and it's just going to fly off, target whatever it is that's flying around in the sky, and delete it. And uh, then return to base and land. No human interaction, no risk of life. And then it's nothing, it's going to be nothing but aerial combat with drones all the time. And eventually it'll be really high speed. And then you have aliens, Ta-da! not the movie aliens, but you know how right now there's a lot of talk about things just flying around at high speed and violating what uh, we think are physics, right? That's the whole reveal lately. M- military operations are talking about UAPs and whatnot. You know, what if it's time travel? I'm trying to load up, maybe some talk about temporology the channel the 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 show here um in hometown called temporology which is all about the science and science fiction of time and time travel maybe what's going on is these are time travel um technologically advanced um people from here on earth Porting into a combat theater, flying around, trying to learn how to shut it all down. And the essentially, this is such a long drawn out story that I should probably just hang up and start the whole stream over. But, um, the, (laughs) you can't change history is what I'm getting at. Anyway, you can't, there is no such thing as time travel, but we'll talk about it and it'll be fun. Totally just canned that whole show. Let's go on to the next article. (laughs) If you're in chat and you're entertained by this, let me know. And if you're not, don't leave. Just uh, let me know if you dig this. (laughs) Um, Because I'm kind of scaring myself without how much fun I'm having. Um, Oh, right, right, right here. Let me post the link. So you can still go and, and uh, vote, by the way, you can go over to that link right there, hometown.showbot.tv and uh, vote on articles that you think um, you would like to see more of. And then we will keep that in mind when we're parsing all of the news for interesting articles that are floating through hometown. And this is just at the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we get hundreds of articles every day um, and some of them, you know, you may not be interested in, but um, these are these are a lot of fun. Um, but go and vote yesterday. I realized that I had locked the vote so nobody could vote. Um, so that was kind of a bummer. Um, but I think people tried to vote and it didn't work. So, um, at any rate, go and check it out. Let's move on to the next article. Like I said, uh, this next article is in the mobile channel, uh, glacier lakes swollen by global warming, threatened millions of violent flooding from glacier lakes formed, or enlarged by climate change threatens at least 15 million people worldwide, most of them in four countries. Let's go over to the source of this article. Now, I I can't really get into it because um, I don't have any context for many of these, Um, but it says more than 9 million people across so-called high mountain Asia live in the path of potential glacial lake outburst floods Including five million in northern India, um and Pakistan. What what is happening? Um whoa, I got a raid. Wow. Dungstar. No, that's not dungstar. Wait, who's raiding? Um, Twitch, what are you doing to me?
1: Is everything okay, Mayor Watt?
0: I don't know what just happened. I got a whole bunch. Huh, interesting. Maybe it's just lagged by something. Hello, busful. Um, let's, I'll, I'll just keep going. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, if you are not familiar with what is going on, uh, this is hometown daily news show. It's a one hour news show that covers about uh, 24 hours of news that flows through hometown.com that's this site that i put together that aggregates about 200 news sources across six different topics um, or categories i should say and about 200 um, news sources get funneled into about 50 channels all of which i want to bring here to twitch starting with hometown daily news show and i've got uh, several more on deck to bring um, and along with the AI that runs Ohm Town, uh, we talk about the news for about an hour lately, an hour and a half, but, uh, we do what we can with what we've got. <laughs> so if you have questions or comments, throw them into chat and we integrate it into the discussion. So feel free. And I will ask, uh, if it's okay to, um, mention your name in the comment, uh, because we don't do it anymore. We used to uh, include the chat, but, um, well, it got quirky. Uh, because spammers would come in. Anyway, become a citizen of hometown. And thanks very much for following. Really do appreciate it. Um, so these um, lakes, uh, this article, by the way, is provided by Marlowe. It says hood uh, in capital letters, which I've never seen on a fizz.org article before. So let's just assume that it's a first and last name, Marlow Hood and uh, we'll we'll go from there so um, 5 million in uh, northern india and pakistan they reported in nature communications Uh, china and peru are also especially exposed to the danger of abrupt flooding from melting glaciers according to the study Uh, the first global assessment of areas most at risk and um, really what's going on is global well climate change but that's kind of code for global warming Um, because as the, um, the globe warms up, it actually disturbs the standard flow of the weather. And not to mention these glaciers are melting much faster at a rate that what normally would be managed by natural erosion just gets overwhelmed. And so a, a city that's in the, uh, flow of a glacier melt, instead of it just having a trickle going through the center of town it's now a massive flood and sometimes it builds up behind an earthen dam um, that acts kind of like a water table and keeps it back um, and then when it breaks it just tears down the mountainside uh, <laughs> erasing whatever is there um, leaving nothing more than uh, dirt in its wake so and with 12 million people. I think the article's title is, um, or 15 million people worldwide, uh, that could be subject to this. Uh, it is something that uh, people should be paying attention to. Obviously it's endemic to certain countries, uh, most in the flow of these glacial lakes. Um, there's much more to this article. Um, so I won't go digging deep into it, but did you have anything that you wanted to add?
1: Well, I didn't actually realize there were glacial lakes in most of these locations. Um, so I learned something new from this article.
0: Yeah. Get a high enough mountain and it has, um, primordial, well, not really primordial, but, uh, glaciers that have been since prehistoric times entrenched in these mountain tops. And then because of global warming, they recede and leave a pool sitting in the wake. Um, and then eventually there's too much mass there and, it freezes and, uh, and melts again. And that contraction expansion eventually breaks the dam and down the mountainside it goes. Um, so it says instead it is the number of people, their proximity to glacial Lake and importantly, their ability to cope with a flood that determines the potential danger. Um, and subject matter experts go out to these countries and, uh, provide guidance on how to remedy it. It could be something like, um, breaching the earthen dam so that it can flow at a moderate rate or don't touch it because nature's going to treat this how it's going to treat it um so let's move on to the next article i think no i didn't and uh sorry for that sound i just made um let's throw that in there you can follow that link it'll go through Town and you can um sign up become a citizen of hometown that would be great um the next article is in the daily news show and that's just a channel one of the many channels that i'm trying to bring to twitch uh, chat gpt predicts us dollar dominance will give way to a multipolar currency system as china's won gains influence and i'm not quite sure how that really is going to play out because there's been a lot of talk about this Um, Not just U.S. dollar dominance, but um, giving way to some other currency. At one point, it was um, one other country's dollar or another country's dollar. Then it became Bitcoin as an opportunity to um, breach the, because the U.S. dollar is the reserve currency, particularly for petro uh, exchanges. So it's uh, petrodollars. Uh, So what happens is everything is counted in U.S. dollars and it flows through the U.S. monetary system. Um, It is the reserve currency for buying and selling of oil. That's why Russia went bonkers because it was the U.S. dollar that had to be exchanged for oil, which meant that uh, other people who wanted to purchase from Russia couldn't because there are sanctions on russian uh, currencies so the currency was prevented from being uh, bought and sold traded and exchanged for oil and so you would have to go through back channels to get it done Um, and it became a thing severely hobbling the russian um, economic system uh, still going to this day and well with china becoming more and more dominant geographically, politically, economically, one might be able to extrapolate from here and now to where China could be a dominant player. And it is, particularly in manufacturing um, and you know, trade, just a massive amount goes in in raw materials, gets processed for raw, from raw materials into, either completely completed goods or semi-completed goods and then shipped out. But all this money is flowing into China, bolstering its currency. Um, The only problem is that it is rather xenophobic culturally, except that it's not. It's a little bit more complicated than just saying that they don't allow anything from the West to come in. But they are very defensive of um, the... Communist Party in China. So they don't want anything disturbing that above anything else. That status quo needs to remain. So
1: you mean the government, not the people, right? The
0: government. Yes, uh, definitely. It's the government because the people, they just want to sit there and, and, you know, watch Twitch and and play games and uh, go to parties and uh, have nice clothes and all of that. Right. They're really not about controlling all of the people and mass or stopping somebody from coming into the country that might influence the country. Um, The regular Joes of China just want to enjoy life. Well, uh, as the one gains in power, it's going to take away power from the U.S. dollar and the U.S. economic system. Well, ChatGPT gets a little drunk and says this is the future. The U.S. dollar has been a dominant international currency for much of the past century, and it remains widely used and accepted as a store of value, a medium of exchange, and a unit of account, ChatGPT said. Its widespread use, particularly in international trade, gives the U.S. dollar significant influence in the world stage. However, in recent years, there have been efforts to reduce the dollar's dominance and increase the use of other currencies such as the euro and the yuan in international transactions. And that is the only one so far to come remotely close to challenging the influence of the U.S. dollar um, primarily because it is a composite and uh, um economic system that rivals the u.s but it is influenced by a multitude of countries so really what this what chat gpt is doing is tapping into a whole lot of economic discussions business discussions financial discussions um that have been part of the public discourse in that domain in those domains business um economics geopolitics etc um and then regurgitating it as one cogent statement how deep and how predictive it is it's no different than you know joe smith's blog who has been just as um cognizant of what's going on in uh, global markets you know i could have put that paragraph together um and i'm not an ai but that ai probably hasn't been around as long as i have and thus it's learning a whole bunch more a whole lot faster and has a ton of recall it can tap into things that i've already forgotten um a long time ago so maybe it'll come true but it is not some wizard uh sitting in a mountain somewhere uh prognosticating that this is the future, da-da-da, the oracle of Chat GPT. Uh, Brian Evans so that's over not at,
1: how Chat GPT works?
0: You know, it might. I guess I guess we'll find out, you know, just how effective it is. But I know that it hasn't given me winning lottery numbers and it hasn't given me any financial or legal advice that I can actually follow. Right? It actually when I've said, hey, uh, give me 10 stocks that I can purchase for 2023. Um, it told me that it's too complex uh, of a response. So I would have to sit there and say, okay, uh, what's two plus two. Anyway, Brian Evans is the author of this article over at businessinsider.com. And they talk about this thing. Uh, ChatGPT also noted the rise of both the Euro and one in international trade. Yeah. The Euro was the one that I was mentioning. Um, was the last challenger and there's a lot of conspiracy about trying to get a one world government um like dollar combining the euro and the u.s dollar um, to challenge challenge anything that might come along and then replacing every country's currency with the euro or slash dollar um which it's all pretty absurd every country has their own burdens that they manipulate through their financial mechanisms. Nobody's just going to bulk move over to a currency. The last time it happened was the Euro. Um, And that was pretty, that was pretty rough. Um, So there was inflation for some and deflation for others and uh, people took financial hits and then Brexit. So anyway, hot mess. I would not lean into chat to tell me the future um, until maybe um, I get enough data that where I can go, oh, yeah, it is actually dead on 100% of the time. I'd take 90% um, before I follow it. But anyway, um, there's a lot more to talk about. So let's keep on going through these articles. The next article is in, uh, the daily news show. We'll be able to jump over this one real fast. Um, cause I can answer this one, um, pretty quick. Senator raises two questions about flying object shot down over Alaska. This is different than the one that Canada shot down just recently. Um, apparently. And, uh, this is over at Newsweek. Uh, Fatma Khaled is the, or Khalid. I'm not sure how they pronounce their name. Um, they, um, they wrote this for Newsweek and let's see, I want to summarize cause I had seen this in another context and then it floated through, uh, that pun wasn't intended. It floated through hometown. Uh, yesterday's incident raises two immediate questions in the public's interest. And this is uh, Senator uh, Bill Haggerty, a Tennessee Republican, who raised two immediate questions as if there are questions that could just be pondered for a decade before you respond to them when you ask. Um, Yesterday's incident raises two immediate questions in the public's interest. First, what was shot down in U.S. sovereign airspace over Alaska? A day later, details still remain oddly scarce. Um, That question won't be answered immediately because intelligence needs to be gathered and then provided to senators. They just don't go, you know, ramrodding through to the Senate and saying, here you go, half cocked information, you act on it. Uh, Why? Because humans are irrational and many of them are dense. Um, But the second question is, uh, knock on the first one in the same thread, Haggerty tweeted, second question, why did POTUS Joe Biden order immediate action in yesterday's incident, yet not issue any orders until several days after the USG detected the China spy balloons uh, initial violation of US sovereign airspace over Alaska. Well, uh, my understanding is that Biden did want immediate action and advisors said we need to get more logistics, telemetry do an assessment we can uh hobble it with our technology we believe but let's find out what our capabilities are and maybe um, find out definitively what is going on with this thing and not just immediately shoot it out of the sky and then get blamed um, for shooting down something that might have had two humans in it you know we wouldn't that have been really rough on the news cycle Anyway, that's the answer to the to Senator Bill Haggerty. And uh and instead of asking that question, they could probably have just turned to somebody, but you gotta get FaceTime, you gotta get that marketing. Because if you're not in the news cycle, then you're not earning your keep um as a senator. So good on you, uh Senator Haggerty. Um, next time you need answers like this, uh, come swing by hometown. You can hang out with me and I will answer your questions. And it wouldn't take the press to have to relay them to people like me who will answer your questions. I'm sure there's minutia that others, not Bill Haggerty are getting much sooner and you're going to get a summary, uh, Senator Haggerty. Um, but you're not going to get immediate. Information. That's just not how the government works. And you being a Senator should realize that. You're awfully quiet for an AI programmed to respond to the news.
1: <laughs> well, there wasn't much to that one. I mean, those were questions that there aren't necessarily immediate answers or even public answers. Um, I also was thinking that depending on what committees the Senator is on, you may not be privy to all of that information. I mean, at all, but certainly not in the first round.
0: Funny enough, I've never, I've never had to turn to somebody and say, sorry, you don't have the right level of clearance because I guess I don't get asked, you know, Hey, do you have any secrets? Um, but apparently a Senator, um, that may not or should not be cleared for this level of intelligence just because you're a Senator doesn't mean that you should get everything, maybe a summary, and then that goes to a committee where it's relevant for that committee. And then that committee can divulge relevant information to the rest of the august body that is, uh, Senate and house, um, You know i think that's kind of how it works but apparently you have to ask your rational questions so let's move on to the next article Uh, this next one is uh quite interesting it's in the daily news show Uh, 276 million dollars was spent on 31 spanish trains before i realized they were too big to fit in the tunnels i swear there was another one that i had read about um and might have might be in ometown where they purchased trains but they were too fat to sit on the tracks not
1: i don't remember that one (laughs) too big to
0: fit in the well uh it may have maybe several years old um because uh yeah hometown has existed for quite a long time i only recently opened it up to the public um uh, so to speak i mean It was a service that I was utilizing for myself, for my business practices. I'm sorry.
1: I was gonna say, isn't the main function of a train to run on a track?
0: Yeah, but um, sometimes, um, you might be able to do a search faster than me. Um, I can talk about this if you wanna do a search, Uh, but that's up to you. Um, So Spanish transport services are going back to the drawing board after spending millions of Euro uh, on new commuter trains that are too large to fit in tunnels of the rail network. So they maybe they purchased them from America. <laughs> Sorry, because everybody kind of bags on overweight American uh, people now. Maybe the trains are from the United States. Two senior officials in the Spanish transport industry were fired earlier this week after local news outlet El... Comercio, I guess, um, uh, or Comercio, there you go, um, reported last month that the government had spent 258 million euro or about 276 million US dollars um, on unusable trains. Oh my God. The resale value of these is probably despicably low because they're all made to order. You know, all of the stuff inside is made to the color scheme or to the processes right, you could probably have
1: like uh, labels on the side <laughs> with the rail line or whatever
0: Wow and it was it's 31 trains um, I made some edits and so this is now being documented as a, a change documentation where I removed certain information um, so that it wasn't this big bulky, article, but this is what it would have looked like to some degree. Isabel van Hagen is the author of this article over at businessinsider.com. And I don't know if these are actually, this is a Renfe train or Renfe train, um, in Madrid, Spain.
1: So in 2014, uh, France, uh, had a $68 million issue where the trains didn't fit in the stations. I don't know if that's the same one
0: you're referencing. No, I think there, there. I think there's another one where I, the wheels were, the the wheels for the train were just too wide. Go round and round. Yeah, the wheels on the bus, uh, the wheels on the train go choo choo choo. The president of Cantabria, or Cant- Cantabria, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, a region in northern Spain called the air an unspeakable botch. <laughs> Uh, And I'm sitting here playing Hogwarts Legacy, so unspeakable botch is really uh, applicable because of the unspeakable um, curses um, like Cruciatus and Avada Kedavra. Anyway, um, so two senior officials in the Spanish transport industry were fired because they decided to buy these. Now I want to find out where they purchased them from. Renfee said it provided correct measurements from Adif, a train track company. <laughs> but the manufacturer said they, were, they warned the national train line that the sizing was likely not correct. So they were warned and then they didn't go back and verify? Um, I would have gone out there with a measuring tape and said, OK, this is how many meters it is from one side to the other. Something, you know, just go and verify. Um, don't just take it for granted that the, the the tunnels, the width of the thing, I mean, have a maximum dimension for these things. There's a video playing on the side, but um, I thought it was going to be a video of how they shot down the balloon um, or whatever the UFO was in Canada. Anyway, luckily the trains are still in the design phase. The country's transport minister said that they had not yet been built. When the error came to light, they were meant to be available in 2024. However, a complete redesign means the new service will not be available until 2026. So it doesn't appear that these were actually, Oh, see, here it is. But this is too wide for the tracks. Is that the one? Yeah. Is that the the same one that you're talking about?
1: Um, Oh, at least they discovered it though before they were in use. Can you imagine if it was running down the track and hitting? Just planted itself. (laughs) Exactly. Kind of wedged itself in there.
0: That's pretty funny that that. I think this is the article that you pulled up. Um, sorry, this one right here, this 2014 one. I think this is the one that you pulled up. Um, in your search, French rail company spent billions of euro. No, this can't be it because you're said millions, right? At any rate, in twenty yeah. in twenty fourteen, a French rail company spent billions of euros on a, on trains that were too wide for the tracks. So I think this might be the one that um, I'm talking about. So they just they plant it, they drop it onto the tracks, and it just kind of whoomp on the other side of each track. Horrible.
1: So maybe they need a checklist when they're making new trains. I mean, I'm thinking something like the station dimensions are this. The tunnel dimensions are this. The track dimensions are this. I mean, this seems like basic information.
0: <clears throat> it's like the difference between like size 12 shoes and size 12 wides. The, the shoe's just too big, and so it doesn't really fit. And then when you take a step they just fall off because they're just a little too wide they fit from end to end but they're thick i can just imagine this train shooting down the track and wedging itself into a tunnel anyway the next article is in the daily news show as well house dems urge biden administration to rid hyundai supply chain of child labor which is a real bummer um but this goes to the article. Was it Idaho, right? Where they're allowing child yes. labor? Yeah. Um, basically, if you're oh, in no, high school. I no,
1: it was not Idaho. I think it was
0: Ohio. Uh, no, Iowa. So the article, <laughs> the the title of that episode is, Thanks, Iowa, Children Can Be Chimney Sweeps Again. Um, and basically, um uh, it was high school students that could be used to actually work in um even even dangerous environments and the verbiage of the law would uh, exculpate people from the liability of even death of the child in the environment um, because apparently a parent could just sign off on it um, which is absurd uh, but anyway a group of 33 democratic lawmakers on friday implored the u.s department of labor our U.S. Labor Department uh, to take immediate action to rid Hyundai's supply chain of children, child labor and hold those responsible to the fullest extent of the law. I agree, but I'm pretty, more, pretty much more strict in this ideology. I think that if it's not allowed in the United States, it shouldn't be allowed in any area that we practice business. So just because it's okay to poison the water supply of some community in some other country, it's not allowed in any way, shape, or form here in the United States. So why is this being allowed anywhere in the supply chain for products that are sold in the United States?
1: I think this is even worse than this, though. This is alleged at a U.S.-located plant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Brett Wilkins over at CommonDreams.org wrote this article and it was a Reuters investigation that revealed dozens of kids as young as 12 years old. Hello, Iowa, um, but not Iowa. Most of them, Central American migrants were working in Southeastern factories supplying the Korean auto giant. So last July, Reuters began investigating allegations of children working in on the factory floor at Hyundai subsidiary. Smart Alabama LLC's metal stamping plant in Luverne about a 13 year old Guatemalan girl um, who worked there temporarily went missing and reporters uh, Joshua Schneier Schneier, I think is their name uh, Micah Rosenberg and Christina Cook reported that children the youngest of whom were 12 years old worked at the plant which supplies parts for uh, vehicles manufactured at Hyundai's flagship U.S. factory in Montgomery. So this is here domestically, um, but I think it, obviously this should be a little bit more hardline response by U.S. authorities. But again, I say that none this should never be allowed anywhere, wherein it makes its way back to the U S market and ethically anywhere, but I don't have control over where foreign countries send their products for, you know, sale elsewhere. I can only speak against it because I think it's absurd that children are working in something that is so dangerous, a metal stamping plant, one wrong move. They didn't sleep long enough last night and are drowsy means their demise. And obviously, um, one temporarily went missing. Um, what was the context of that? And for them to be working in a heavy metal factory, kind of thing like this, a heavy industry, uh, I think is, um, morally and ethically wrong. So hopefully, uh, local, lawmakers do something and if not local then federal but it says the call from congressional lawmakers comes amid a surge in child labor violations and as republican state lawmakers seek to roll back over a century of child labor protections hence the video the the, the commentary that was made uh here in the hometown daily news show um on i think it was february 7th um where again it was titled thanks Iowa children can be chimney sweeps again because it was a Republican led uh, administration in Iowa that <laughs> negated liability. So I can soapbox for this for quite some time. Um, do you want to just move on or?
1: Well, I just, I was trying to make the point that I think it was worse that it's under U.S. um cognizance. Like it's on in our territory and we have historically pretty decent um, child labor laws in place where it's a lot more difficult to monitor if the plant, even if the country or the company is U.S. based, but the plant, let's say, is in another country. It's a little harder to monitor and and shut down. Um, It's really concerning that it's happening in the U.S. And at least from the article, it doesn't look like anything is really significant has been done about it.
0: Yeah, I don't, I mean, there's such a massive power imbalance. It's either the parents saying you're going and doing it, or it's somebody, well, it has to be the parents are aware of it. And on top of it, the administration of this organization knows about it. Um, well, leadership I think with it,
1: it being migrants, they may not necessarily have parents or have parents in the same country.
0: True, true but somebody knows about it, an adult knows about it. It's not like there are 12 to 15 year olds just kind of winging it and going, yeah, you know, I'll totally work in the sheet metal plant here at Hyundai. Um, they knew and they're under age and either they're getting a check or they are um, slave labor and they're underage. So are they being paid properly? Are they being taxed properly? Are they being monitored for health and safety? All of this stuff and more—things that I can't possibly imagine—are um, facets of this. So I certainly hope that somebody steps up, and um, this is the type of reporting that needs to be done: investigative reporting um, that has a, a social good to it, and and not not just clickbaity, socio-political flame wars about their side and and their side, you know. Um, Here, let's move on to the next article. Because like I said, I could talk about this forever. Um, And this too, but I won't. This one will be quick, I promise. This engineer made a dual-port iPhone with lightning and USB. And in captions, it's our worst nightmare. Um, Let's just jump right on over to 9to5Mac. Chance Miller is the author. And it looks like a bang-up job of uh, installing that USB-C and lightning. So this is the USB-C and this is the lightning. Um, obviously the standard is moving towards a USB-C versus the lightning. And, um, I'm no longer a fan of lightning. I wish that they would switch over to USB-C because I hate having multiple, uh, connectors. I'd like to switch everything to USB-C. Um, but that's really all there is to it. There's a whole video about it. Um, it, it's a pretty, that is a classy job of machining the aluminum case so that you could wedge a USB-C in there. So it's totally doable. Apple, um, get on it and make the next phone USB-C. There's not much more to talk about regarding this. Um, Let me see if at least I can say who the designer's name is um, because I can't based on the title of uh, the YouTube video. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see the person's name. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm just going to have to move on.
1: It doesn't seem to be listed unless it's in the title of the video, but we can't read it because it's not in English.
0: Yeah. So let's move on. Uh, but you can follow the link through uh, OhmTown over to uh, 9to5Mac and watch the video. Of course, you could always just do a search for USB-C and lightning on iphone so this next article is in the warcrafters channel uh, guns and spells clash in real-time cooperative uh, rpg dark envoy i'm just going to jump through this one real quick as well Um, not too much that i can say about this jonathan bolding is the author of this article over at pcgamer.com and it says uh, dark envoy is the second game from tower of time developers event horizon uh i watched some of this um, over on Steam, it's on Steam, and um, I dig the uh, resolution, the the artwork in this. It says for me the car- coolest bit, and this is the author speaking, not me. Um, for me, the coolest bit in the demo is that some of the spells are hand drawn. You can make a path of electric zaps, for example, that c- follows your cursor as you draw them onto the battlefield, which is a neat um, mechanism for interactive gameplay. It's not simply you mash the button, it casts the spell, but you actually draw them. Um, You might recognize Event Horizon's style from the previous game, Tower of Time, um, which launched into early access in mid-2017 before an early 2018 release. That pioneered some of the things you see in Dark Envoy, like the larger-scale combats that are more akin to miniature RTS or real-time simulators. So I'm not going to play much of this, but I'm going to mute it right out of the box because I'll get dinged for it. Um, but this is some of the graphics. Looks pretty neat. It's There's a lot of depth dimensionality to it. There's uh, the resolution and the grittiness of it is pretty. It's my jam. Um, I'm not a real-time simulator um, kind of uh, game player, um, I like uh, first-person uh, shooters and VR, and and um, yeah, but this is this is pretty neat. I dig this. It'll be fun to watch people playing this on Twitch. I'll put it to you that way. <laughs> um, I know that the AI is admiring this, but not really into playing games. So never programmed for gaming. Let's, uh, let's move on to the next one. And uh, we only have two more, which is, uh, this one here where Oreo is dunking on your wallet. Um, so my argument, my counter argument to anybody saying, well, you know, it's 40 bucks and I should get mad. Speak with your wallet. Oreo is selling $40 limited edition NBA cookies ahead of the all-star game and fans are not pleased at the price. Um, so this was aggregated in the last uh, 24 hours, and I won't go through this whole thing. Um, I actually have to edit this um, submission so that it removes like this art, the, the the picture, and all of that kind of stuff. So when you actually follow the link, it'll be slightly different looking. But if you go over to BusinessInsider.com, uh, Aiden Pollard is the author, and. Uh, Oreo is promoting this Oreo ID thing where it's a personalized Oreo where you can have a picture or something else um, placed in the center of an Oreo and it's all edible. And it says the NBA is collaborating with Oreo to make specialty cookies featuring team logos priced at $40 for a pack of 12, 40 bucks for a pack of 12 mass produced essentially Oreos. Right. This isn't like the creme de la creme of bespoke cupcake or cookie. This isn't a crumble, right? This, this is something that is mass produced by Oreo and they want 40 bucks for 12 of them. Some fans scoffed at that price. The cookies commemorate the NBA all-star game next weekend. You know, they could commemorate anything that they want to. It still isn't going to be worth 40 bucks.
1: Yeah, it seems like the price tag is just way too high. I actually think the cookies look kind of cool. But sure. forty dollars for a box of Oreos?
0: Yeah, 40 bucks. I looked over at oh, the and video. We, we
1: did see the Pokemon ones. Sorry, those were referenced in here. Those were cool.
0: <laughs> I looked over at the video that's playing on that page, and I was like, man, that is a giant. Um, like little thing of incense, you know, um, but it's actually the last Fez makers, um, making a Fez. Anyway, I get distracted. So 40 bucks, 10 times the cost of a regular pack, which contains about 40 cookies by comparison is leaving basketball and snack food fans alike appalled. You know what you do? You don't get appalled folks. You just don't get appalled. You don't buy them, but it says some were more rare than others, leading to a secondary market that saw cookies listed on eBay for up to $100,000. My only statement to that is some people have way more cash than cents, m- way more dollars than cents. Um, $39.95 for NBA Oreos, one, Celtic, Celtics, one Celtics fan uh, wrote on Twitter, I'll just dip my own Oreos in white chocolate, paint a leprechaun on it and dip it in sprinkles for, it says Lee's, but less probably. True, Rob Judge, the Sports Judge. That's a good play on that name. Anyway, yes, of course I want these NBA logo Oreos, but for $40 a pack, 0% chance, another user chimed in. So yeah speak with your wallet folks and just don't we lose oreo as a sponsor by the way and probably whoever it is that owns oreo which is probably like nabisco brands so we're never going to get anything food related as a sponsor in ometown
1: well that is a loss i do like oreos <laughs> oh it's mandalay international i think that's how that's pronounced
0: uh, or is mandalay oreo. might be mandalay Um, oh, and unfortunately you, uh, said that when I had switched over to the McDonald's, um, article. So let's, let's do this. Let's do this one, right? Because I want to be able to cleanly separate this from the other one. This next article, um, is well, I don't know how to. The
1: picture speaks for itself, doesn't it? <laughs> Pre-
0: pretty much. So, this article is over in the Daily News Show. McDonald's says it will remove a McCrispy ad opposite a crematorium that's been called tasteless. And that led me to ask the question what is tasteless? The ad or the McCrispy? And now we've lost McDonald's as a sponsor
1: and the local crematorium and
0: apparently the local crem. see now i don't think that this is actually tasteless other than the fact that people are going to make the tie into the crematorium and crispy but
1: i mean if you drove past these two signs would you even blink not necessarily but obviously somebody has connected it
0: and that's what it is. Somebody got a giggle out of this or somebody got offended by this. And I just don't, I'm, I'm so separated. I would not be triggered by this in any way, shape or form. Um, but here, let's, let's just go over to the source. Um, this is over at business insider. Geota man is the, um, author of this. And so they're going to change this. I don't know what they're going to change it to. What do you think? Nuggets. Are they going to change it to a, a McDonald's? I'm not sure nuggets?
1: anything now the attention has been drawn really? to it is going to be good. Like the food and the crematorium together are really not a good combination. They'll change it to the
0: barbecue chicken sandwich.
1: That's worse.
0: No, is it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's somebody that's in the advertising, uh, department of the local McDonald's just giggling their ass off, um, or what, but, Come on. It's just an ad.
1: Here's a wild idea. How about just move where that ad is located? Is it really a great place to have an ad next to a crematorium sign? No matter what the business is, I don't know. <laughs> it just seems like a weird nexus.
0: I think that this might be a ploy to remove and lower the cost of advertising at that sign, because obviously you're not going to get anything food related there. Um, so the local urn company is going to be getting an ad there really cheap in perpetuity because nobody else is going to advertise there. Um but yeah, you know, is that bad taste? Hey, here's the crematorium and you're going to need an urn. So like have a little arrow pointing over there. Are you visiting the crematorium because you need one of these and have another arrow pointing at a at an urn?
1: That's worse than the McCrispy ad.
0: (laughs) But you know that this is going on in some. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I
1: said just move the whole ad, whatever it is. Don't have an ad right next to the crematorium sign. You can't win.
0: That's kind of a bummer. It says the company told Insider that it was unaware of the ad's proximity to the crematorium sign. Yeah. Why would it know? Hey, just slap this ad on all of these bus stops. Oh, it's right next to a crematorium. Okay, wait,
1: you have to imagine that phone call into McDonald's.
0: Yeah, really? Hey, did you know you have an ad right next to a crematorium that says McCrispy?
1: Like, what was the reaction on the other end of that call?
0: (laughs) Even crematorium uh, operators and the people who visit get hungry. And we want to appeal to our customers, even in their time of need, hunger or otherwise. and marketing is my thing i could do it although i don't follow my own advice for marketing but at any rate um, they said that they were unaware and uh, there's five thousand pictures of this mccrispy next to the crematorium sign and the crematorium sign is so overt that but small right if it wasn't for the fact that it says mccrispy literally like at the same level as crematorium you'd probably not even notice it, right? If it was five feet further back, you wouldn't even notice it. Um, But it's just in the sight line where you're like crematorium McCrispy.
1: Well, look, I mean, it's like the person quoted was visiting the crematorium. I mean, I'm sorry, but there's probably, I mean, to be fair, there's not going to be a lot of humor as you're visiting the crematorium. Uh, I don't
0: know know what the... So then there's another one that the fast food giant apologized in 2019 for an ad campaign in Portugal that used the slogan Sunday Bloody Sunday to advertise one of its desserts. Um, that has to do with a, a massacre of unarmed civilians during a protest in Northern Ireland in 1972 and that it was a insensitive reference. Um, I, I'm just kind of astonished that somebody would riff that but inadvertently placing an ad next to a crematorium um that's that's something different but this you have to be pretty cognizant of what sunday bloody sunday is all about um i believe there's a song about it sunday bloody sunday by you two yeah at any rate um i was hoping that we would be a little bit more giggly about this than its ending but um i guess we're going to end this way um I for those
1: that i've been giggling so much about that i'm not trying to make light of the crematorium but the connection with the sign is pretty hysterically funny
0: but i mean you can't in the the i mean you You can say things like that. It's part coping mechanism, part just life. And if you're always serious about every single thing all the time, then you just will never have any humor in your life. And only, I don't think in humor, anything is entirely off the table. It's about the context. Like I would not crack a joke um, about a crematorium to somebody that just lost somebody. Um, But I also, I respect them that anybody that lost somebody and had them cremated um, that I wouldn't crack the joke in front of them. But I also uh, expect someone to have the same level of respect in the reverse, wherein if somebody cracks a joke, it's not a joke at them. And and thus the joke should just be kind of cast aside as uh, if I'm getting upset about it, it's not them it's there's something going on with me that's causing me to get upset about it Um, but there's also in the that's in the microcosm in the macrocosm you don't joke about people losing lives in a natural disaster while the natural disaster event is going on as well so it's all about context Um, and i think that people i wish people society would appreciate that Context issue a little bit more. Um, granted, me even making these comments will probably incite somebody to make a comment um, about me being insensitive or something like that. And that's just not how it should be taken, honestly. Um, most of the time, talking about uh, the demise of someone or something um, is a coping mechanism, something that has to. It's all about dealing with the reality of mortality. So that's not how I wanted to end this show. Damn it. I wanted to just sit there and giggle and joke about the McCrispy being tasteless. Not the ads placement being tasteless. <laughs> Cause that's where my brain took it right away. That this ad was tasteless. Was it the placement or was it the actual sandwich?
1: <laughs> Maybe it's both. <laughs>
0: Maybe it's Maybelline and now we've lost Maybelline as a sponsor. I could probably make these sponsor jokes all the way up until there really are no sponsors ever on the table ever.
1: We've already eliminated several
0: quite a bit just today. Okay. Everybody, um, thank you for hanging out and chat. Um, thank you for saying hi and, um, please go over to hometown, become a citizen, go over to YouTube, like subscribe, ring the bell, we, uh, I try and post the video after this show, um, like within 15 minutes. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer if I get pulled away. Uh, for some other duty in hometown, that seems to be endless. Um, but I love doing the show here on Twitch. Um, I don't restream over to YouTube, um, but I've been told I should do it over on TikTok as well. But you need 1,000 subscribers on TikTok, and I don't even buy into TikTok Um, I think it's the opiate of the 21st century. Just kidding. I just lost TikTok as a sponsor. Get
1: off my lawn.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, wait a minute. Okay. Well, this is the front page of Ohm Town. Um, We always return after our trip through Ohm Town's various channels and streets. Uh, We always come back to the front uh, right next to the sign that says, Welcome to Ohm Town. I should probably modify that right there. Uh, to say welcome to hometown so that it's more like, um, the town that it is all kinds of shops and places to hang out and uh, talk with others. We also have a discord, but we really don't do anything. We're all over the place, all over the place. So I hope to see you here, uh, 9 PM Eastern every day. Um, so far, I think I've done, um, 400, 400 episodes uh, without a break. Um, I had to take a break for one period, actually. Nope, that's not true. So I had to take a break um, for a short period during the holidays. Um, I don't want to talk about it. We're just going to end the show. You want to say bye to all of the citizens?
1: Good night, hometown citizens. And we hope to see you again tomorrow at our show
0: Wow, that was not succinct. We'll work on the code.
1: I need some assistance with my language module.
0: (laughs) Truer words have never been spoken. See you tomorrow, everybody.